Pablo Christian Day yo, yo. June 12, 2020. <sighs> What's up, Devo? Summertime and the living is up, complicated. Hey, I drove up uh, Hennepin Avenue uh, on my yeah. way here. Oh my God, it's beautiful down by Cal- Cal- Calhoun Square. Last time, uh, it's been two weeks since we've done our last podcast. And uh, last time I drove home that same route that I came here, uh, Hennepin Avenue, and every everything was in the process of being boarded up. So it was just brown plywood going up everywhere. And, um, and now all that brown plywood is beautifully painted oh my god there yeah, are a lot some of great murals oh it's amazing yeah it really is. it's um so if you live here in minneapolis go for a little tour down uh maybe start at calhoun square and then head head uh east down lake street although when you get down around kmart it's still pretty bleak down there i haven't gone and checked out that's one uh, word for it like in yeah i haven't checked out lake and hiawatha yet i don't I went there the first day and it was awful, just awful. So, what have you been up to, guys? Just Pop- working. Pablo's just eating working. some. What are those boysenberries? Blackberries. Mm. Good to see you guys. Yeah, nice seeing you. Good to see you in the new world. What you thinking? A lot, lot happened. Now it kind of feels like we're in the. Uh, Aftermath of some heavy-duty shit. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's the aftermath or it's just still the on-ramp to a, to a new situation that we're all called into. Um, it, it, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of change happening. I mean, in Minneapolis, we've got a defund the police project happening yeah, in a way that yeah the city council is is on board and so many the the union is under deep scrutiny and the police is refusing to enter into any negotiations with them so they're being <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh yeah yeah yeah. The the Madaria Arnando announced that I think yesterday they will not be um negotiating that union contract with the federation. Well, because the union doesn't want to do it or because the city doesn't want to do it? Because the chief of police has decided that that federation is not... Um, Legit? Well, uh, there there's nothing to be gained from negotiating with such a broken um, federation. Yeah. Which, this yeah. is all great news in my book. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, the uh, One of the things that I've been thinking about over the last couple of days that keeps on popping into my head is um, Howard Zinn, People's History of the United States, um, and how we're, we seem to be in a phase where we're addressing history and you know, so far history being written by the, vic- the victors, and uh, history seems to have shifted very quickly into a phase of rewriting it in favor of the losers. You know, I would reframe that because I think we've all lost. You know, I don't think there are any victors coming out of the history that that we're talking about with this country. There are people who've benefited um, in terms of money and status and power but uh, I wouldn't call them victors because the yeah sacrifice. I'm using that in the you know what I mean the traditional yeah sense yeah. but uh, yeah you know the uh, yeah the uh, you know Columbus statue oh, being torn down isn't that great the, all over the world those statues are and I love that that in St. Paul they were they were saying <laughs> I mean up until a half an hour before the statue toppled they were saying well these are the these are the procedures for going yeah. through the discussions <laughs> form 201B yes exactly and, yeah. and just nope that is not what <laughs> is happening these days what I'm curious about is is this really is it going to have lasting political repercussions that we can see 
beyond the immediate sort of tactical stuff, what's going to happen in the fall, what's going to happen with court, you know, judge appointments and all everything, just the long game. Yeah, Will organizing. It sustain itself into the long game. Yeah, we I were mean, just before you got here, uh, Chris and I were talking about the nuts and bolts of organizing. You know, putting together coalitions, and then you know, going to you know council meetings and doing uh, getting legislation passed and and yeah, not- uh, uh, electing the uh, people who uh, support your agenda and getting. You know, let me just clarify, I'm not, and- I'm not uh, denigrating any of the great uh, sort of wins recently. I think it's great. I'm optimistic about that sort of thing. Wait just, a minute. Uh, Wait a minute. Can we put a pin in that? Optimistic. About those things, <laughs> not about <laughs> the long term. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I didn't listen to the last podcast, did you? No. But I'm sure when we brought up the police, I was like, ah, it's never going to happen. So... We'll see if it actually happens. and I'm, It's, it's happening right now. No, I know, I know. But I, we'll see what the actual outcome is and if we don't get stuck with something that's worse or better. But if, if we get stum- stuck with something that's better, if we have something that's better, uh, it will just be another example of me not really knowing what I'm talking about, which is just part of the course these days. So I'm not, not surprised by it at all. Hey, speaking of the Zinn, Howard Zinn and his education project, um, they have a phenomenal um, resource on the Instagram Zen Education Project uh, called Teach the Roots of the 2020 Rebellion. And it's got a tremendous amount of resources to help substantiate. and. and what, so you got that pulled up on your phone? Yep, I got it pulled up on the old Instagram. And, it, and it's called, what, what's the, the website? The, well, it's the Instagram is Zen Education Project. And it's put out by the, uh, you know, the... the, the Howard's in Foundation the or whatever. Foundation, yeah, and and it's fantastic. I'll and tell you what's, what surprises me is that all of the incidents of uh, police brutality towards the protesters, which has, has not been like uh, a lot of deaths or anything, just really a lot of other terrible things, that that seemed to be enough to sort of tip the scales of the of the popular imagination. That's surprising. Yeah, yeah to see uh, the protests against brutality and police responding with brutality. Right, no, no, I, I fully <laughs> expected that. What I'm saying is the response to that... The response to that... ...was surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean the response to it? Well, I think that um, in the past we would have had to see a lot more, although I don't know if we could have because we didn't have the technology. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I look at protests in the 60s and you see police dogs let loose on people and fire, you know, hoses turned on people and so on and so forth. Um, We didn't, we saw more sort of, um, I don't know. I I don't think what we saw was as terrible as that. Um, but I think we saw more of it and we saw it in full color. Something about that capture, um, and maybe it's because these were protests against a lot of things, including police brutality, but something about that capture tripped the popular trigger in a way that I guess I was not anticipating. My friend Tanya was, uh, got one of those captures. Oh, yeah. She, uh, yeah, her front porch, she was standing in her front porch. Oh, that was your those, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on that front porch many times. Yeah, she, she... Help! <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. Can you crazy. explain it? What happened? Well, she was she and some friends or, or some tenants of that building. She's in a fourplex. Um, were standing on their front step. And this front is porch. South Side. Uh, yeah, yeah, First Avenue uh, over by uh, like Twenty Seventh First, and um, uh, she filmed the uh, stormtroopers coming down the street, and uh, they. <laughs> But she's on her porch, right? Yeah, she's on her porch. Wait, are these the stormtroopers from Star Wars? Well, what are you, you know, whatever about? the the national guard. Yeah, or they they weren't specific. they weren't national. You know, I'm yeah, I'm, uh, whatever. Um, I think it was a combination of police and national guard. Yeah, yeah. So they're uh, anyway guys in full body armor are marching down the street and and with uh, paintball guns or whatever they're they're shooting rubber um, bullets, I believe. Yeah. Well, they're they were called marker rounds. Oh, um, oh. and. Uh, 
so they're marching down the street, and some guy goes, "Get in there!" You know, and they and yeah. this, another guy yells, "Light him up!" And they turn <laughs> towards and start shooting these paintballs at him, and uh, hit one of the girls. And and Tanya's like, "Get it!" Get in the house, get in the house, get in, get in, get in, get in, get in. Get in, get in. You know, and um, anyway, that thing went wow. totally viral. It was on the Jamie Kimmel well, show. It was on yeah, the, and, and, um, yeah, and it was one of the, the, those pieces of footage that was, you know, along with the actual choking to death of because George Floyd. I but, think that, that in civil society, we have maybe standards that we have not expressed where if somebody shoots you with a paintball when you're on your porch... They should nobody, go to jail. Nobody in their right mind in our current society thinks that that's allowable. And and I think that this sort Except of, in Florida and Georgia and all those crazy stand-your-ground I'm not so sure. Maybe if it had states. been an actual... And depending I'm not, on who the, I'm not so sure. the target of it is. Maybe, yeah. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, if those people were sit, standing on their porch, I, I think that... Pablo's right that if, if anybody is on their own property and not doing anything, they shouldn't get shot. Well, that's the show right. done. But but I mean, look at Brianna Taylor. She's in her own home, and she right. well, but, yes, but and, and we're outraged about that too. Yeah. Right. So I mean, this is my point: is that I think any reasonable person, that is the majority of people looking at that, would be like, "Oh, that's not okay." Just like looking at the George Floyd video and saying that's not okay. And so we're seeing all of these other videos where people who might not have known are saying, oh, wow, this is not okay. Even though in some cases, like in your friend's case, I don't think anyone was permanently hurt or, um, you know, it's it's certainly scary, but it's not the same as having a dog turned on you uh, when yeah. you're in the street. That's all that I'm saying. I'm not saying one is, you know, better or worse, whatever. I'm just saying that. Or I look being at, shot to death at Kent State. Yeah, or being or, shot to death. At, yeah, exactly. And so what's interesting to me is that the sort of, we have a lot more data, um, but that, that people's, the impact that it's made on people. Because I, I think, um, I think most people are on the same page when it comes to those kinds of things, you know, what rights we think we have and so on and so forth. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I, what I really see is that there's a huge divide in terms of the expectation of the right to safety, depending on your race and your class, your neighborhood. There's a huge divide. I mean, that's what I think we're being yeah, educated but, about. But what right? we're talking about is not the depths of that. We're talking about a very superficial expression of that. We're talking about if I show a video of somebody... I mean, we see them all the time now, videos where, like, the birding incident in the, the park, yeah, you know, where it's captured on video. Most reasonable people, nobody thinks that's okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think there are a lot of other reasons. I'm not saying yeah. a lot of terrible things don't happen, but I think there's, like, a sort of cream on the top kind of... Well, thank God for technology, right? Capturing all these things because what's that woman's name? It's a whole new uh, cinematic genre. Amy <laughs> Cooper. Both Cooper. Yeah. They were both named yeah, Cooper. Yeah. Amy Cooper and some other that Cooper. That crazy, crazy lady who weaponizing her whiteness knowing full well that she was calling out for, you know, the police to act yeah, as her she, she, personal militia. She was also a dog person, so... <laughs> uh, evidently not. <laughs> yeah, no, not enough. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that how, how she was handling no, her dog? She's I just like she's like dangling the thing. Like um, well, that the dog was rescued by the, yeah, right, and yeah, taken away from her. Yeah, you don't get to have a dog, white lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Well, all this and and of course, all of this is coming together, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it's coming together on a backdrop of this COVID crisis because people are twitchy. Wait, you mentioned something. What? <laughs> COVID. Hey, do, do you Never guys find you, you have a different respira, uh, fear response to COVID in the last two weeks? Like like my quotient of fear, uh, the, my capability of feeling it has been displaced into another smaller realm where I don't, feel is afraid of covid because i'm my imagination and my 
emotions are captured by the uprising and what's happening with the uh, result of George Floyd's murder and everything that's changing in society has capped. I, I don't, I, I literally can't feel as afraid, even though nothing has changed in terms of the science. My vulnerability actually well, went up because I was um, Let me ask in you this. the protest world. Prabhu, yeah. when you were a kid, did you ever have a bag lunch and you had a beautiful sandwich and you had maybe a piece of fruit and something? And, and I you, wish. The, I always had to have hot lunch. Well, the bag lunch, let me tell you what happens on occasion. Somehow it gets smushed and it goes too long in the bag. <laughs> you don't get it at the right time. And by the time you pull everything out, it's just an indistinguishable mass. The bologna of, and the margarine just, and the mustard. Your and the PBJ white ball. Bread. Yeah, exactly. You're, it's the proverbial so PBJ gross. ball mixed with the Fritos or whatever else <laughs> that God's graced you with that day. Point being, that's emotionally where I'm at. I can no longer distinguish any set of fears or any hierarchies of love. It it's is just all a fear stew. Inexplicable. <laughs> PBJ ball of everything, <laughs> of fear and loathing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and well, it, and so you guys have exhilaration too, and optimism no, and no, hope. And no. let me tell oh you, God, so I um, I went down. Um, I actually went to. Well, okay. So a couple of things on that. One, Osterholm is of course my uh, your guru. My, Guru, as far as uh, uh, COVID advice, are we going to have him on the podcast? <laughs> we should, we should. He's just down the street, um, but he, uh, you know, he's got that uh, podcast called the Osterholm uh, Osterholm Update, which is fantastic. Do you think yeah. more people listen to that than listen to this? Uh, <laughs> I doubt it. But um, anyway, so his one big bright spot in this whole thing is that he said apparently there is very close to zero chance of transmission outdoors. Or not zero chance, but so far there's no evidence that it's spreading yeah. through uh, when you're outdoors because it dip, it just dissipates too quickly. Um, so that's good. And and on that note, I actually went to a couple of, of prote- days or went protesting a couple times, and uh, um, it was you know I and I didn't feel really that afraid. And now it's been more than a week. Ago, so I don't think I got it, although I was a little bit fearful of it. But uh, um, yeah, so and it's going to be really interesting to see if there is an uptick here in well around the world, I guess, uh, in cases um, as a result of uh, people being clustered together in these these uh, protests. But man, people, it's a little bit scary to go, you know, like to go to Thirty Eighth in Chicago. Um, uh, by Cup Foods, where they've got, they're thinking of making that a permanent memorial now. But um, um, to go down there and just see people really clustered together and hugging and and you know without masks on and um, yeah, people have thrown caution to the wind, and I guess I kind of feel like I have too. Although I am still afraid of indoor spaces. So, like when I go to the grocery store, I'm in my N95. N95 mask and I dash in and dash out and yeah so I don't know about you guys in indoor spaces but I'm I'm still afraid of those I'm again them yeah I'm not going inside but I am going to lots of protests and I'm I've been pretty much going to the memorial every day really yeah I I love the space of transformation I think it's an amazing place um, you know I've kind of pitched in on the cleaning in the altar upkeep and going in the morning is very different than going in the evening. It's a place where a lot of good conversations happen and, and mostly I see people social distancing and uh, I don't know if you guys saw the memorial of names. I mean the, the phenomenal artistic response and the, the graveyard. Yes. Thing? Yeah. Or there's the names on the street, but there's also that little graveyard. That's there. what I'm talking about. The, the graveyard. Yeah. The say their names graveyard. The, just the expression, the ex- externalization of these um, political hopes and aspirations and actions and really getting connected to people who are working for change with black visions and reclaim the block and MPD 150. Just being there is so energizing and, and hopeful. Yeah. 
I get the, I get very optimistic about change. Yeah, I well, yeah. So yeah, you're you're on one end of the spectrum. Pablo's on one uh, the other end of the spectrum. I am somewhere in the middle. I think because the uh, the thing that I the impression that I get a lot of times is that this is all great. And well, one of the things that makes me hopeful at that memorial is that they've got a voting. Uh, registration table there. Oh, that's good. And that is, uh, I think, crucial. And I think I, I really want to hear more people um, when they're speaking about all these protests to speak more about the where the, the issues where the rubber meets the road on making change, which are the practical issues like voting, organizing, uh, getting out of the vote, all that, well, all those things, all those practical matters yeah. are, are really where the rubber meets the road, and that's the stuff that really has to happen. Well, that's what's so incredible about the space is that it's a public space. It's a place to engage with people who are politically active, who are organizing, who are movement people, who who aren't just showing up because of these events, but they've been doing work all along. And to learn from them, because you have access to have conversation with them. So it really is a political space of engagement. It's, and, you know, and, one of my favorite things there is all the couches under, at the gas station. Yeah, yeah, because then there's the party, because if you go at night, yeah, it's, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, par- a party. It's a party. And people, somehow it's being, um, it's, 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 an, it's an ecology because it shifts every day. There's new spaces, new things arise, things appear and then go away for a while. There were people camping out there. Now, not so much. If I go in, you know, at seven in the morning or whatever, there aren't people asleep anymore. Um, now there's archiving going on. This morning when I was there, there were a group of us talking about how to archive what's happening with the altars without disturbing them, but preparing for rain, you know, how do we laminate? Do we, who's, who's got the right to move things on the altar? You know, there's just really interesting conversations going on. But you're right. Like the, the political engagement, that's what, that's what it's about. Yeah. The long, like, like you were saying, Pablo, the, the long road or the, the long game, you know, like we need to, this, this can't just be a flash in the pan. It needs to, there's a lot of grinding, boring work that needs to be done to make actual social change. Yeah, cause like city council is meeting right now. They're right meeting by second? Zoom at this moment. Huh. And this is the first meeting since they committed to defunding the police. You know, it's like, what's that? The journey is taken by a single step. Yeah, and, many but single you gotta steps. Take, yeah, yeah, you got to take yeah, more yeah, than yeah. that yeah, and, first single step. And here's step. what's interesting to me about that, and sort of reflection on the political process. Because Dave, I'm totally with you, but those folks on the city council would not have done it, and would not have felt the political would not have felt they had the political capital to do it unless all these protests had taken place. So there is a sort of chicken and egg thing that I think we have to acknowledge and what, which is why I, yeah, we are the wind in their sails. Yeah. Political will comes from the will of the people. Yeah. Which is why I say I'm, I'm hopeful about this sort of immediate um, stuff with respect to the protest, but um, we'll, we'll see as the city council, as their plan develops, um, we'll see what comes out of it. And, and if, you know, we don't just end up having to hire back all those cops under some new Space Force banner, you know what I mean, or something <laughs> yeah. terrible like that. I hope that's not the case. Um, I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I was interested about the, the the thing that came out about the third precinct being a playground for bad cops. That was. I mean, there I, you go. Who, There's some data knew? right there. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of the, we knew. yeah, I think I think we knew. I didn't. I had never heard anything about that, and I'm kind of a news junkie. But uh, yeah, there were a couple articles about about that being, you know, people being reassigned to that that district because bad cops just being kind of disposed of. Well, it's in that also district. the third serves Phillips, and it serves Powderhorn, and it serves you know South. I mean, and like not, it's not like the fifth, which serves East Isles and all those other kind of, I mean, the third is in a, in a socioeconomic challenge. Yeah. yeah challenge, uh, transitional neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Not, and then not to even mention, you know, like 
in this whole thing, I wonder, I haven't, I haven't gone north yet. I haven't gone to North Minneapolis yet. I wonder what's happening up there. Like well, on Broadway and stuff, is that, is, are there things, are there memorials or are there, are things boarded up up there? I haven't even been up there. I'm sorry to say. What are you looking at? You looking at? I'm looking at Nick over there. Oh, you know that kid? Yeah, he's Cade's younger brother. Oh, I don't oh, know Cade. Oh, either. yeah, Cade's younger street. brother. That's uh, Jennifer's <laughs> brother as well, and their their sister is also Jennifer. See, he waved. Nancy's kid. Yeah. No, he's Larissa's kid. Oh, Larissa's oh, kid. Larissa. Okay, now there there we go because I actually know Larissa. Yeah. My my piano student. Do you? Came. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, I'm excited about the North Side it's Achievement Zone and everything they're doing. I'm try- Appetite for Change is really um, active, and I've been trying to what, send money so their way. So physically, what happened up there? Did did things burn up there? Oh too? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh. I ha- I haven't biked over there yet, but I'm. Oh, there's Larissa right now. Oh, hi, Larissa. Oh, and that other woman's name Kathy. Yeah. I met her earlier. It's the neighborhood. Here we are. Where did you meet Kathy? She walked up before you came. Oh, right on. And then her dog attacked Kristen. Really? (laughs) That was fun. Affectionately or aggressively? Affectionately, but uh, she, but yeah. Yeah. Lunged. Lunged. Dogs can smell fear. And Are I, you afraid of dogs? Really? I don't want to be, but I am. He had a waggy tail. He wasn't. It, you know, it, it's you. not. It's not a logical thing. It's a biological thing. So I can, in my mind, be completely fine with dogs because I love dogs. I was raised with dogs, and I, I've had dogs <clears throat> as a grown up and raised a, a dog from a puppy. But because I've been attacked, yeah. my, you know, I don't have a. Yeah, that's terrible. When yeah. were you attacked? Uh, a couple times. Both times were family dogs uh, who would never bite anyone. One dog, it doesn't matter. Let's not get But were you it. young or No, old older. woman. I mean, old. Not, you, know, you know what I mean? I was in, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I love dogs. Did I, you get bit? I did. Yeah, I did get bit. I, I, I was charged. Bummer. I was charged over a child fence. Oh, Jesus. One time where the families that the dad raised a uh, protection dogs he was a very good dog trainer and this was a family dog that i knew and it do was, i know these families yes you do uh, yeah and this dog um, leaped over the uh, child yeah. fence and uh, you know leaped at me and would have attacked me had the uh, owner not Caught it right away. I mean, talk about great right. reflexes. But it, I mean, literally, it was one of those cartoon moments where the yeah. dog was in the air, going for me. <laughs> it was so scary. Okay, but that's that is different. I mean, totally uh, understand that it's scary. But that's different than you're coming over to visit Dave and his dog, Poopy, and then you're petting jumps Poopy upon and Poopy you and decides yeah. to gut your throat. Because that dog was trained to do terrible things. Yeah. Well, tell my subconscious. No, that. no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not an apologist for your. You know, any. I totally appreciate it. I'm just saying logically, it gives you a little bit. It doesn't help your yeah, body but, at all. But, but. The, I know. But the problem is, is then when I'm in situations where I'm unawares or I'm relaxed. Yeah. Totally. And I'm surprised by a dog. Totally. I'm gonna like I don't know. There's got to be a very strong fear pheromone because so many people say my dog would never bite you, and then the dog bites me. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. I know it's no fun. Anyway. Huh. I wonder how that works in the dog's head. It's like, uh, oh, we just got the pheromone. Look at this one. This one. We're gonna bite this one. Oh. <laughs> You're such a good actor. Dave and I both looked around. Yeah. <laughs> we thought you were a dog. Hey, w- when you guys were growing up, did your parents um, talk about uh, the the things that were going on in the South, the protests, the movement with Dr. King? Did did? Well, I'm a lot younger than you guys, so <laughs> two, two years younger. Yeah. <laughs> How old are you? I'm well now. I'm fifty three. I know. 53. Happy birthday, Pablito! Yeah, when was your birthday? How was your birthday? It was uh, like couple, three days ago. Days ago. No, no, no. It was like last it? week. It was on the first. Yeah. 
June yeah. 1st. Oh, dude, I haven't even got it. I, well, it you didn't just even had pop a birthday up too, my, didn't yeah, you? No, 15th. no, I don't keep it on the thingy. Yeah, but I oh, snuck it. I snuck it. I know. Frabel, how old are you? Are you June 1st? I'm 56. 56. So you're three years older I'm your elder. I'm 58. So You're my elder. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I mean, I remember Nixon being impeached. That's and I remember the war, Vietnam War ending. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. Because, you know, if they'd talked to me about say, all the '60s upheaval, I would have been just one. Yeah. Yeah. So '68, <laughs> when uh, I, I remember vividly uh, Robert Kennedy being assassinated and Sirhan Sirhan and yeah. all that stuff, and it was that was. The, you know, I think that that might have been the, my first real uh, sort of horror of death because I, I, I actually I remember seeing the fo- you know the the thing on the news of him and the the shots and him laying you know oh. in the arms of the bus boy and the whole you know that that whole thing was really horrifying to me. Um, and then at that point, I learned about. Um, about uh, Robert or uh, John F. Kennedy being a set, you know, which had happened when I was, you know, one year old or something, 63, I think it I was. I was three days old. I was, my mom oh, was really? still in the hospital when he was assassinated. Huh. Um, yeah, so that, that was, and then uh, Martin Luther King was, uh, yeah, and, it, it, you know, that whole thing of, that must have been so heinous, like all those people being assassinated. At least that's not happening. What nowadays. do you mean George Floyd was just assassinated? Well, I'm talking about political leader, you know, big, le- you know, but like you know what? presidents. You know what? I mean, that's you know a, what that's all... strikes me though is I'm hearing again and again from movement leaders like Patrice Cullors and Alicia Garza, you know, these wonderful um, black women leaders, Angela Davis, where they're talking about needing protection and the death threats they receive and 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 in and they were you know I was listening to someone talk about how leadership now is um it's la- it's it's horizontal they don't want one leader like Martin Luther King cuz they know um it's dangerous vulnerable, it's so yeah. it's so dangerous and they know you know the risks oh it's just um it's so sobering, but I, I but I brought I brought it up because I remember as a child my my mom was an organizer and she um, was doing some um, organizing of uh, uh, speakers about civil rights coming to her community, and my dad wanted to go down for the uh, Freedom March, and, you know, here she is with five kids under seven, and she she just said she put her foot down, you know, I need you here. But I remember that argument that he really felt strongly that he wanted to show up for that movement, and I look around at myself and my friends and, you know, this community, and and I just reflect back on people saying, oh, I wish I had been there and I would have shown up and I would I would want to march with Martin Luther King. And I just think, well, hey, hi, here we are. You know, this is our time to mobilize, to activate, to change and go forward into political engagement on the grassroots level because we're the epicenter right now of the of a global movement in a historic moment it's, of change. It's funny that that's, that that's your sort of paradigm. My uh, gut-level reaction to all of this was, am I that Jew in Germany who's like, oh, Ida, it's fine. We'll be fine. Everything's fine. Let's just stick around. And, you know, or am I the Jew in Germany who's like, it is time to bail. Ida, get your bags. We're out of here. That's my... That's my initial emotional yeah. reaction. Well, you're you know you're not alone. I mean, I I talked to Lori and I talked to folks of mine who are Jewish, and they're you know they're getting they're getting their go bags together. Oh yeah, yeah, most Jewish definitely. people. Oh yeah. Well, and I don't know if it's exclusive to Jews, but I mean, being Jewish, uh, that was the. This sort of thing that, and and just refugees in general, you know, yeah. uh, I dated a gal who was Lao and I remember her mom telling me this story of, of when she had to flee Laos, you know, and, and she was, 
she swam across the mm. river with communists looking to murder her. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, and her, uh, so, you know, I know her child. I know her because she was smart enough to know what, when the time was to, to get out. Right. Um, and I'm not suggesting we're right there yet, but you know, I was with Stephanie, uh, in her living room watching five buses of heavily armed uh, soldiers drive by and my immediate reaction to that and of course the city was burning my immediate reaction to that is not oh good this will finally all stop my immediate reaction is like jesus let's you know hide in the cellar let's uh you know i'm i'm not uh i'm not really worried about the protesters per se although there was it sounds like some other rabble rousers that were um, exacerbating things. But, you know, uh, I mean, in the ecosystem of horror, it's the, the people with real weapons and, and yeah, um, black heart helico- helicopters and, that's yeah, right. and predator drone slime. I mean, it's just bad news. That's right. Because yeah. you never know who they're going to turn that mechanism on. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that. That's real. And that's very frightening, isn't it? Yeah, and the whole concept of curfew, you know, that well, yeah. that kind of made my blood boil. Um, because what, if there is, we live in a democracy, in a civil society. You can't just, you know, I, I was hoping that like a district attorney would step up and say, we are not going to prosecute any cases of curfew violations because we live in a free country and we don't, well, but we you, you have to, I mean, I under, I don't agree. I mean, I didn't like it either, but I understand. Are you just going to say, okay, we'll let them let as many buildings burn down as possible. Or are, are you going to say at some point, okay, we're going to return order. And no, I think that what they should, what the cops should have done is just stand around build, buildings and protected buildings. Well, there's just not enough. And let people and let, what well, th- there were thousands. <laughs> oh, you mean those particular all the National Guard yeah. troops and stuff yeah. that came in. I mean, there were thousands of yeah. troops that came in, and those they should have just been stationed around buildings and and preventing uh, ruin or uh, you know uh, looting and damage, yeah, burning and looting. And, I don't know. And let the protesters protest. I don't know. I, I I just don't think that they should have been should have been arresting peaceful protesters. Well, for sure, for sure, that's the case. But anyway, I mean, you know, I'm I'm just uh, I'm so proud of the youth. I'm so inspired, and um, and I guess I'm I I look to them in a way because I'm seeing them mobilize and seeing them take responsibility for um, creating a future because they are so different than us, you guys, yeah, in well, terms of their understanding of democracy is that we do not have one. Yeah. And we are a 400 year old flawed system of inequality that's been abided and they don't have any buy-in to, to this understanding of civil society. So well, I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, the, they the, certainly, and not to shit on the young, but they love their phones, they love their concerts, they love all of the those. Sorts okay, of I guess I'll, I'm talking I'll, about specific people in Minneapolis who were protesting and were, um, let's say, le- not um, worried about whether buildings burned, but were prioritizing a message of, I don't want to be murdered. I don't want to live in a society that murders black people with impunity. That was the that was in the hierarchy of commitments. That was the commitment. Yeah, and we're seeing hopefully uh, change to the police yes. uh, because of it. And so, you know, again, I totally am optimistic about that. I commend them for it. I'm very excited and and hopeful on that small scale. Uh, I'm I'm withholding judgment until we actually see what happens. And I would love in my heart of hearts to see that grow into something that's bigger, more permanent, has lasting political effect. I want to live, I want to live in a society where uh, the, the change I really want to see sort of the fundamental change is that 
more white people think in terms of, I don't want to live in a society where I have an unfair fair advantage. I thought you were going to say free tacos. <laughs> I do want to live in a society with free tacos. That's, I stand firm on that. Um, but the whole, this whole paradigm of, uh, uh, you know, white privilege, white fragility, all that, that stuff, um, is kind of breaking through, I think right now. Um, and I hope that that breaks further through. I, I, I hope that there's a, a real, um, what's the, what's the word? Not paradigm. Um, uh, Taco. <laughs> where a whole society uh gets an idea that uh that the zeitgeist uh, the zeitgeist i hope that the zeitgeist has changed on this where we truly are feeling our white privilege you know this is a big thing this is a shift that has only really started started happening to me like a year ago um because of tacos yeah, because it, because of tacos, <laughs> um, because of uh, a tacos, thing that that, get uh, that taco mics. Robin De- they're delicious. Robin D'Angelo, you know the whole uh, uh, Kathy went to this thing, the uh, this uh, conference on. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, re- I, remember, I remember that. Yeah, that and, was a year ago, and you talked about it. Yeah, we breakfast. were in Seattle, and and it yeah. was and the the big shift happened. We're, we're walking down the street, and I uh, um, said. I, I got to go to the bathroom and uh, let's duck into this restaurant. And Kathy said, you know, that's, this is an example of white privilege. What would happen if you were black? You wouldn't just be able to just blithely walk into any restaurant where you weren't a customer and say, Hey, can I use your bath? Or you might, they might say yes. They might say no, but chances are they would right. s- treat you differently if you're black than if you're Ooh, white and doing light bulb. And that's yeah. And the light bulb went light on bulb, yeah. and now I see those moments all the time. Yeah. And do you know the, Emily Baxter's work? Uh-uh. She's a white woman who did a phenomenal project called we are all criminals where essentially she interviews white people about the crimes they've committed and not been charged <laughs> for. It's phenomenal. It's a great, great project to yeah, check out. We yeah. are all criminals. Well, I, I'm not as interested in, um, I'm not as interested in the idea of white privilege from that perspective. I think I would love to see actual legal reforms. I would like to see um, equity across the board, across racial, gender yes, equity, but I think across in the board, embedded that- in the laws. Ooh, and then, yes. and then um, flexed on by the full might of the institution, so that um, there were checks and balances in place, so that if you get fired because you're gay or a woman or a person of color or because you're not a person of color, uh, that the system has a whole uh, set of checks and balances in place that allows you to be represented equally, no questions asked. Well, yeah, I so that if you course, went into a course, restaurant, I totally well, no, no, agree. Here's with the that. flip side of that, Dave. You went into a restaurant and you felt like they didn't, they weren't going to let you use it because you were a person of color. I want a legal system in place that lets you sue the shit out of them, and we don't have that. That's right. So I'd rather less not talk about it in terms of white privilege. We're talking about it in terms of if you're being discriminated against, you should be able to sue them. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because the thing that that makes me think of is the difference between changing hearts and minds and changing policy and let letting hearts and minds follow. And I'm a huge, you know, Ibram Kendi. Um, oh, well, student, who is Right. And now, <laughs> well, you know, he's the one who wrote stamped from the beginning, the definitive no, history of racist ideas in America. It's no. really, I mean, it changed my life. That I don't, book. I don't, I'm sure it's I've a great book. I've never heard no, of that. What? It's, who, it's a, what huh? Ibram X. Kendi is one of the main... Ibram? I-B-R-A-A-R. Okay. Abraham. No, Ibram. Yeah, but isn't Ibram just a, a no. variation on Abraham in a different... Uh, What's the last name? Kendi. K-E-N-D-I. He wrote... Ibram um, Kendi. Yeah, he wrote Stamped from the Beginning. He uh, just recently has um, moved to Boston University. He's a professor and author of Stamped, which is the remix of Stamped from the Beginning, and How to Be an Anti-Racist. He's he's phenomenal. But he's um, creating a research and policy institute 
at Boston University in order to gather data because they do not gather data on police killings. Right, and many other things that they should. And and that kind of research and that kind of, I mean, the moving the dial forward in terms of policy and law and having actual frameworks in place politically to disallow this kind of prejudicial behavior, this hate behavior, that's going to take lots of um, nudges from many different areas and research and data collection is so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that that is one of those organizing yes, things. Those yeah. rubber the the place where the rubber meets the road is in organization and all of the, all of this anger and all this the the expressions and and celebrations and protests and all that stuff is good. It helps get the ball moving. But the thing that keeps it moving and actually places it in the basket or whatever to extend the metaphor um, is organization and yeah, well, but that expression on Pablo's face is I, awesome. I do love it. It's because it, that so. grandma doesn't have her glasses on. So <laughs> you know, it's you know we had a we had a really interesting hey white lady meeting on last Saturday. And of course, now that we're in the Zoom world, more people showed up, and it was, um, you know, it's a two-year project that now has kind of legs. And the whole idea behind it is to have a racial workout space. The mission is to have an inclusive racial workout space to move white women out of denial and into anti-racist action. The whole project is not to make white women feel better or to protect their feelings or to support them, but it's for them to leverage their power as white women in society to move forward into anti-racist action. And it's really interesting um, to see the different resistances to action. And I think that's one of the great challenges for white people is to say, um, beyond my heart and mind-changing, I'm going to step forward into action. Um, and that's one of the things that Ibram Kendi talks about in his book, Stamped. Uh, From the just, beginning, he says that hearts and minds, it doesn't matter. You have to have policy lead. Because for 400 years, these horrible atrocities have been absorbed as part of the fabric of what America is. you want and, to talk horrible atrocities it's your rejection that ibrahim is the arabic version of the name abraham i did not which means father of the nations yeah you shut me down i I did not you rejected it it. you said no you're wrong no i said that go be in a hole i said that (laughs) his name was it was a violent act his own name not a, not a diminutive of a, the larger name. I wasn't speaking linguistically in terms of um, that kind of relationship. That's what you were looking up on the phone. Yeah, that's why I was squinting. <laughs> Dude. Okay, so so Costa Rica. Are we all moving there? What's happening? I'm not going to Costa Rica. Costa Rica. I was talking to my friend Beth um, St. John who... In moved, Amsterdam. She moved to Amsterdam. She was done. Trump broke her and she yeah. emigrated from america oh goodbye america see ya Wouldn't want I'm to going, be ya. and she and she she was talking about what it's like to live in a country where half her income goes to assure that other people will not go hungry that there the, there's no homeless that the social services are in place social safety nets health plan and she was talking to me about really on a personal level what that feels like and i i was i was reflecting on that and i was thinking about the deal that capitalism makes which to me is that in order for capitalism to um survive it's it requires us to be okay with other people suffering yeah yeah. And I think well, that we got it. We, we got it. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of different. It, it, well, I, the one one that I he- heard the other day, I've heard it before, but uh, is uh, the American deal is uh, socialism for the rich, 
rugged individualism for the poor. <laughs> well, it's like Mark <laughs> yeah, Twain. But, uh, Mark Twain saying that every everyone in America thinks they're an embarrassed millionaire. Yeah, you is know, that Mark Twain? Or no, that, that was Steinbeck. Uh, no, no, that was ah, I thought that it was, was Mark uh, Twain. Was it? I thought it was Isaac Asimov. It was Mark Twain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're looking it up. Uh, okay. Well, um, yeah. Oh, here I've got a recommendation. Oh, good. <laughs> I want Jane one. the Virgin. Have gotcha. you watched Jane uh, the Virgin? I have. I, think I watched one yeah, I, episode. It's an old show, episodes. right? Oh, yeah. Well, it's in its fifth season or sixth season. Or is it, anyway, there's almost an, a limitless supply of these things because it's a telenovela and uh, 22 episodes per season. And it is so smart and so delightful and such a great escape. Is that thing. American Ferrera? What? Yeah, yes. Yes, the actress, American Ferrera. American? Amer- America? I don't know. Yeah. No. Something like that. Her, fir- her, her first name is America. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Oh. Yeah. The, really? the star of the show. And executive producer, I think. I think she's an executive producer on that show. Really? Okay. I didn't yeah. catch that in the credits. But anyway. Yeah. It's, good uh, show. It's, it's a really happy, delightful, wonderful show. Really well done. Really well written. Great acting. And... It's also it also gets in a lot of uh, great political stuff, a lot of little uh, uh, sugar to help the medicine go down type uh, yeah. commentary on uh, on society and on uh, racial issues. Um, so yeah, I recommend it. It's perfect for the for these times and when you just need some nice, happy thoughts and sugary. Sweetness, a little love. <laughs> yeah, a little love. a little love. When you just need some love. Yeah, you know what I? You know what? Love. I think all the mo- the movement is centered on love and transformation. That to me, that's what I keep hearing again and again. Family and from yeah. bl- black leaders is that this is a transformational. Did you watch um, George Floyd's funeral in Houston? I didn't watch it. No. Oh my God! I recommend it. It is phenomenal in terms of centering. Love and centering why it all matters. Huh, okay. It's beautiful. It That's be- a good, beautiful. good recommendation. Um, I would also recommend, uh, uh, so I'm really into Crooked Media uh, and, and uh, their podcasts, uh, Pod, Pod Save America, Pod Save the World, and Love It or Leave It are the three that I listen to all the time. But uh, they have a, a, an organization called Vote Save America, um, which is uh, concentrating its efforts on getting out the vote in the sw- uh, five swing states, um, which are Wisconsin, Arizona, North Carolina. I can't, I can't remember what the, what the five are. I, uh, I signed up for the Wisconsin effort. Um, but, uh, they're doing trainings, um, they're in the training phase of the organizing right now. And, um, that feels really good to get involved. I, I, I really want to, um, uh, help swing Wisconsin. Yes. Boy, do they need help. Um, yeah, but, uh, you can sign up for any state, uh, and, and join them. And it, it, it feels good that there are, uh, last night they had a training, and I think there were over ten thousand people on the Zoom Zoom call. <laughs> Holy moly! How do you do that? Yeah. Ten thousand people—that's well, amazing. Their, their faces didn't all show up. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> very tiny people. Very I'm going to recommend a quote: "Socialism never took root in America because the poor see themselves not as exploited proletariat, but as temporarily embarrassed millionaires." That's the full quote original, may have been paraphrased by others. Guess who said it? You're never going to guess, but guess. Robert Heinlein. No. Frames? I don't know. Some fella named Ronald Wright. And then Steinbeck may have paraphrased it and others, but that's the original quote in a book called A Short History of Tacos. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that last part's not true. A Short History of Progress. I don't know. A Short History of Progress by Ronald Wright. The other thing is, if you want to be angry, uh, 
I would say check out the National Review. I regularly read the National Review. They're terrible and they're wrong, but I want to read it anyway. It's a right-wing rag? Yeah, right-wing rag is about right. And uh, sometimes they're all right, but I mean, it's interesting to read Same with like The Economist is kind of like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just interesting to sort of like, you know, you have all kinds of things going on in the country and then the, the... one thing that the National Review picks up on, you know, has nothing to do with anything that's going on. And you're kind of like, okay, well, we see where you guys are at. But <laughs> I think it's an interesting thing to do. And then the other thing is, um, you know, John McWhorter, who's a linguist um, and a social, um, I guess, critic, writer, whatever you want to call him. I, I don't think he's right about uh, necessarily a lot of things, but he's interesting. And, Fravel, this is a recommendation for you. His current sort of thesis is that anti-racism has become its own religion with its own set of beliefs. And um, I think you should just check out, you know, I don't know, some YouTube thing. Is just so you can hear his noise and see uh, what you like or don't like about it. Well, I, you know, I, I probably won't, but thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> um, uh, Ronald and, R- and, Wright and is white. By the I'm way. always, I'm always interested <laughs> in, in breaking apart any idea of a monolith. So the idea of of anti racism being a religion to me is a, it's just a it's like a it's an elf hole that's not useful. Well, he's talking about it. I mean, you'd have to get his definition of it. He's got a he defines it as a certain kind of a thing, and I don't know what that is. Yeah, I mean, do you remember Jim Jones and that crazy Kool-Aid? Don't drink the Kool-Aid. yeah. There's a Netflix uh, documentary. Yeah, on, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think that there in in any idea can be taken to a fringe moment and and in a, in a way um, disparaged and delegitimized if you just only look at an organizing function. You know, religion. I'm not into religion. I hate. I hate, I'm not into that. Why do you hate religion? I find it. Um, well. The history of religion is is like the Christian his- religion. You're talking about, yeah, any organized religion that 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 hoards resources and distributes power. Okay, what about the religious instinct? Are that, you, do you abhor that? Uh, you know, is the religious instinct different from the instinct to worship or love? Well, I would say, like, is yoga a religion? I think any dumb thing can be turned into another dumb thing. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna critique how people organize themselves, I I I get impatient because to me I'm very relational, and I'm interested in being in the postcard with other people. To me, that's a transformational space to say, "Hey, I want to be in a room with people." You know, but as soon as you get like past eight people, <laughs> then I get a little bit like, hmm, who's in charge? Who's organized this? Who's, and th- th- maybe that's why I, I'm fascinated with the disorganization of the movement, and I think it's a healthy. But the organization is wh- how, what cr- creates change. You know what else? It Terminal creates, mass of it, it people having all the same ideas. It creates marginalization uh, of other populations. You know, organization. Well, so does mob behavior. Like what happens? Uh, you well, your 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 Frable, your your uh, summary is inclusive of all of those things, right? I, what I'm saying is. I I really appreciate the the horizontal movement that we're seeing right now where ideas are coming up to the surface leadership and power is being shared um, ideas are being tested in the street and in, in, in relationship and um, it makes me trust the ideas more that one person isn't at the helm of proselytizing something either organizationally or in terms of gathering a flock. That's all. I, well, I, I, so I, I was thinking kind of the opposite thing recently, which is that I kind of wish that there was, that there, that we did have sort of a Martin Luther King right now, that we had a, had a little bit stronger leadership um, or more focused leadership. What about just uh, a good president? 
Well, yeah, yeah. That's a that's that's <laughs> a very people, good. That's a very good example of that. people yeah, that what? are elected that are reflective of the people they serve. I'm really curious <laughs> yeah. what you guys think. Do you think Biden is going to be around <laughs> in in November? Do you think he's actually going <laughs> to survive? No, I, honestly, I, I don't. Know. I, I I keep thinking. I had this. Yeah, what if he dies? Like, I had this yeah. idea the other day that something else is going to emerge. That it's, he's he's the least we could imagine for us right now but look at everything that's happened in the last two weeks yeah something else something more yeah it's an eternity until november it's an 3rd eternity till november and we can hope and i you know some someone else i mean it's just I such a cruel joke you know it's like we had obama we get trump then it's like you know what we'll give you a biden it's like <laughs> the it's lowest just, uh, to, yeah, well it's just it's, like <laughs> You know, and uh, Stephanie saw him on a TV show the other day, and she was like, how old is he? We looked it up. She was like, he seems like he looks a lot older. Well, I I mean, I was talking to my friend Kira, and she said, well, he's clearly got dementia. And I said, really? I mean, I don't really know that much about him. I know that he was a stutterer. I know he was a functional legislator. I, I, I don't know that much about him, but it does seem like whoever he picks... For his vice president is going to have a, a very important role. <laughs> if he gets elected and if he makes it into office. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, what's her name from Georgia? Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. She's, yeah, that's who I hope. That's my hope, too. Oh, yeah, she'd God. be great. But, I mean, <sighs> um, Trump has so delegitimized the separation of powers and what the executive branch can do. In a way, we're rewriting what that role is right now. Not we. I have no power, obviously. But um, our, our, it's Michael Moore thinks that he's going to be reelected and then impeached in a second term. Oh, maybe. (sighs) (laughs) Can you imagine what November fourth is going to be like if he gets reelected? I don't. I don't think he's going to leave if he's not reelected. Well, that's what I'm worried about too. I mean, really Fascism. hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you get your mail by vote yeah, by I, mail? Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was legit or not. I that isn't like, that interesting. That so now I'm going to go online. We and, question it. Yeah. No, it's legit. It's an application for your ba- yeah. for your online ba- or your uh, well, I'll mail get another ballot. one. I don't know. Did you put? Oh, this isn't legit. I'm just. I, I, I threw. I throw everything out that I get. I don't like anything mailed to me except for stuff I order. How is Oliver? He's good. He's good. He's, um, you know, he's riding a bike like a fiend. That is, okay. Can we just put a pin in that? Because congratulations. That is Thank amazing. You. Yeah. Took a lot of suffering. Together Tuesdays. Part. Yeah. Together Tuesdays worked. Pat helped. Stephanie helped. We all I mean, there's team. some. Does he sig- ride a skateboard? No, I haven't got him riding a skateboard. Don't you think that's a significant evolution on your part to go from Tough Love Tuesdays to Togetherness Tuesdays. I mean, a, there's a, there's an example of a white man growing. I just have to, uh, I have to laud you for that. I like that you threw in white. <laughs> oh, I know white people hate to be racialized. Well, I'm Jewish. Yeah, I, I was going to say is that th- there's. A, I know you don't you don't count that, which is part of the charm. Well, I don't. It used to be not, that that Irish that people weren't considered that. white. It's I know that, that's up to you to differentiate. Not up to me. Well, you seem to have no problems differentiating my whiteness from my Judaism. Wait, are you a boy? Are you? You don't know. You don't know how I identify. <laughs> how do? How do? Any you of, don't. I don't. It's true. Yeah. What is the so at, last night at uh, in this organizing session? Everybody was uh, introducing themselves with the whole uh, he, him, his, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she, her, what she, they. she. She, her. She, her, hers. She, yeah. her, hers. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, yeah, I thought that was really and, interesting. And I never, I never, um, Pops, yeah. I, I always honor <laughs> all aspects of you that you have let me know. I don't think so, Frable. I try. <laughs> what I, I love right now is you're feeling a little I'm, guilty. There's like no, a little No, I just am so aware of my flaws. <laughs> and I bring them forward. <laughs> In the attempt to learn in public. Dog edibility. 
<laughs> or dog, uh, what is you're a dog lure? Dog That's lure. one of your flaws. Yeah, well, it could be a value added. We don't know. We don't know. God, help delicious me. to dogs. Well, what's the um, protest action this this weekend? What are we looking at? What I don't know. Do? I don't go to any protests. My favorite was the anything. DA, the the uh, district attorney, and the public defenders protest was really moving. Very cool to see all those lawyers. Yeah. Oh, huh. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, we got sirens coming. I'm. Uh, you know, I've just seen so many stupid things posted online. I'm just not posting anything, and I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm not going to any protests because my concern about COVID. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I do think um, sort of everyone of conscience needs to uh, take a stronger step in the right direction. But I think uh, what that looks like is highly individual. Yeah, but that's where it counts, right? It's yeah. those in, it, that, like, I always call, call it put yourself in the postcard. Like, where do you actually take your steps? The place where I'm going to take my step is in getting out the vote. Nice. It's a good one. That's going to be my whole thing nice. from now till November. Yeah. Vote, 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 vote. What do you think? Tell of people the electoral, to vote. Do you think the electro, electoral college is going to? No, it's not going away anytime soon. I I couldn't figure out the word for a minute. Electric company, the clitoral college. Yeah, well, that's different. And please study at it, all of it. There's many online courses. It's a lot bigger than you think. Oh yeah, the the map has changed. Oh. oh my God, you guys! On that note, hey, are you uh, dating anyone? Right now? You know How's what? It it's so funny that you would say that. What? Hey, wait oh, a you second! Guys, you guys are so funny. Um, I'm working <laughs> on my profile. Right on. So I was gonna, you know. Uh, yeah, we're here when, to help, dude. When we're off yeah. the mic, yes, I will enough. talk to you about. Fair it. enough. In but, fact, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like I'm not going to share my true. Um, uh, philosophies about anything with you guys. On the air. <laughs> I know that's that uh, we have to start having breakfast. Yeah, you're a lot less profane the on the air than in real yeah. life. We got to have start having just friend breakfast yeah, again. I have fair to enough. say. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I love you guys. I love, love you guys. And uh, this uh, this song is called "Lazy Lover" by the Brazilian girls. Nice. Uh, 